an intro. Introduce oh, it, please. Hold on, hold on. I need a prop. <laughs> what do you need? It's a gun. I made a commitment in the year 2018 to be much tackier, and I'm going to live up to that. This is my new podcasting headband. Um, what am I looking at? What does it say? La vie est belle. I wish it was pulled back just like slightly because it's, no. it's got like a, I'm in the uh, jungle and I'm <laughs> what? I'm sweating a lot. I, yeah, a sweat band. You have kind of a alien versus predator vibe. Yeah, that's wee, 100% wee, wee. going on. Yeah, like a French uh, destroyer of like, aliens. Yeah, like that French girl from Prometheus. Where did you Definitely. get that? Uh, ma mère. Uh, okay. The sea? I don't speak <laughs> any language. I just really want it above hey. both eyebrows hey. because it's it's at least hey. over. Yes, better, good, perfect. I have That's a question. I have a quick question. Oui. Could you take it off? <laughs> no, 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 no. Mon français est très mauvais, mais mon bandeau, mon bandeau de cheveux. <laughs> All right, well... Hey, très joli, très belle. Noelle, my real question for you is, will you be speaking French the entire time you are wearing that headband? Français? Yes. Je ne parle pas. I can't... Mes amis, you want le day et day. I'm Kat. I'm your DM. Bonjour. I'm Noelle, and I play Fran. I'm Caitlin, and I play Corbin. Hi, I'm Sophia. I play Laika. All right. Last time, you guys had broken into a gray manacle base and found Buddy among the estrons who had been taken prisoner. Uh, You were attacked by a gray manacle officer shortly thereafter, and you surmised that that man's name was Gravy? He had 20 other soldiers with him, though, which was a problem. After a harrowing battle... With the help of Mary and the Estran prisoners, you were able to defeat the soldiers and escape the Grey Manacle prison. However, the miracle that Mary worked to get you out of there used a large amount of her power, and she is now again unconscious. So, after strapping Mary to Lyca's back and sending the Estran refugees with the Denmari guards for processing, you decided to head to Diamond's concert. Uh, and that's where you are now. So, Fran, you pull back the curtain at the end of this dark hallway. And before you, there is a ballroom lit by a dozen crystal chandeliers. The walls and floor are all covered in gold. People sit at cafe tables dressed in fine clothing. Uh, And when you look down at yourselves, you find that what you would put on has just been turned up 100% fancier. Like... (gasps) All of the embroidery is now made out of, like, pure silver and gold, and there are gems inlaid in places. And, like, you are wearing the finest white gloves, and your your boots have all turned into dancing shoes. What does Mary look like? Uh, Mary is now dressed in a beautiful white gown that is, like, made of gossamer silk, and she looks just absolutely beautiful, but still passed out. <laughs> I have a question. Uh Sure. Are my dancing shoes, can they be thigh highs? Yes. Thank you. (laughs) But they're not, you know, they're no longer for combat. These are for dancing. Right, of course. These are dancing shoes. Can mine be tap shoes? Yes. I have something to add. Sure. 
My hair rat is now wearing a crown. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And the crown is made of pure gold. Oh, my God. Um, So there are people sitting at cafe tables dressed in fine clothing. Um, There are also, like, lots of beautiful lounging areas with carpets made of, like, beautiful plush materials and silk couches and cushions where people are reclining. However, the main focus of this room is the stage, which sits in the very center. And on that stage, there's the halfling man you saw earlier. It is Diamond. He is dressed in a long coat made of bright red velvet in line with gold fur. He has rings on all of his fingers, and the toes of his boots are also plated in gold. When you come in, he is playing a fast-paced power ballad, but there seem to be more instruments involved than just one man and his lute. Uh, When you look up, you can see there's a shadowy ensemble in a balcony that appear to be playing instruments, but you cannot see any of the musicians clearly. In front of the stage, people are dancing wildly. Everybody appears just blissfully happy. And once in a while, you see one of the breathless dancers come up and put money on the stage in front of Diamond. When he bends down, he either gives him a kiss or a little high five. Is this guy Prince? What is going on? You guys wanted a party. It is Prince. Oh my god. We are inside of Paisley Park. I can't believe we made it into Prince's cool house. All right, what do you guys want to do? You are at a super oh awesome party. Oh, I know I want to give money to Diamond and get a sweet little kiss. <laughs> All right. I, I think know. that's also what Fran is doing. <laughs> you guys are just like pulling money out yeah. of Yeah. Pulling the money out. Um, can we like both both be holding the same piece of money and yes. see what happens? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you like join hands and yeah. put money on the mm-hmm. stage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Diamond, he's in the middle of a lute solo when you do this, uh-huh. and he power slides to your coin, <laughs> takes it between his two fingers, kisses it, and then kisses each of you on the forehead. Oh my god. And then he flips the coin and it flies through the air and does a perfect arc into one of the golden tip jars that sit on all of the cafe tables. Diamond. <laughs> Corbin collapses. <laughs> uh, you don't, uh, by the way, Corbin, you don't see, seem to be the only one who is just like fainting at the sight of them. <laughs> there are many uh, men and women who are like swooned and leaning against the stage or those. Uh, little tables or there's one man you see who is just passed out on a couch with like an arm dramatically thrown over his eyes and uh, a young woman next to him is like fanning him with her hand and uh, yeah Fran sits down um, dazedly on top of Gordon (laughs) is there like a cool fancy looking booth and also are there cool drinks here yes to both you can definitely find a little booth uh, with some couches and there's like some divider screens set up you can see there's a few of these around the room where people are you know coming to chat and uh a uh, a man in a black suit um wearing a wide-brimmed black hat comes over and uh, offers you a drink list oh that's very cool look mm-hmm. <laughs> um well i'm gonna say i like your hat he bows to you can i have it he shakes his head. All right, oh worth God. a shot. Um, okay, um, what's what are what's a cool drink there? I'm gonna say the coolest looking one is a Rove's Tear Mimosa. 
That sounds cool. So Leica's going to order that and get a water for her cool friend who's definitely cool and fine. And then they're going to go um, <laughs> sit in a booth because I imagine she's going to get tired carrying the goddess. So she's going to take a short rest and then watch uh, Diamond from afar. Okay. Uh, why don't you make me a wisdom save, Leica? Uh-oh. Oh. What, the, what the hell is that? Uh, 11. All right. As you sit down, um, your hand goes to your purse automatically, and you place five silver pieces into the uh, little gold tip jar that's on the table at the booth. I'm fine with it. Yep. <laughs> uh, and when you look at the tip jar, you see there's a, an engraving on it. It's a tableau of a halfling leading a donkey across the countryside. Oh. My. Uh... So... Laika is like really enjoying the music and she's having a great time and she's like checking in on the goddess and feeling very, very relaxed. And then she sees that and it's like the whole room around her goes silent. Everything (laughs) becomes muffled and she breaks out into a cold sweat and like her mouth feels dry and she just slowly looks around the room and then she turns to Diamond and does he look anything like I, the unspeakable name that I sh- I can't speak? I mean, they're both blonde halflings, but no, they do not look. It doesn't look like he uh, does not look like Dawson. No. I'm going to roll a perception check to see if Dawson is anywhere near. Is, is he near? <laughs> is he near? 18. You hear a voice from the top balcony cry, Hail, travelers! Um, and Laika, oh. as you hear that, you uh, you look to see a familiar figure in the top balcony. He gestures to his right, and you see a spiral staircase made of solid gold, which you swear was not there a minute ago. Of course it fucking wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> the view is amazing from up here. Come, enjoy. Laika pretends she can't hear, um, and then just... Turns to look at Fran and Corbin with like a look of desperation in her eyes. I mean, Corbin is unconscious. Yeah. I'm not looking anywhere away from Diamond. <laughs> we're we're just trapped in our own prison. <laughs> All right, Leica is gonna sigh reluctantly and restrap on the goddess and then <laughs> go up the stairs. <laughs> All right, Corbin. After a few minutes of being passed out, a man in a black suit with a wide-brimmed hat comes over and uh, he waves the smelling salts under your nose. Okay, I, I jolt awake. Yes, and then he, he glides off without another word. So you continue doing that to people on the yeah. floor all around the yeah. room? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, when you try and like look for him again, you absolutely cannot find him. Oh. This place is cool. Uh, this place is nuts as hell. He's a magic man. A magic He's a magic man. man. Fran, are you still up by the stage? I'm sitting on top of Corbin. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm trying to push you off, by the way, but I'm, I can't. <laughs> You're too weak. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll stand up then. Thanks. Okay. But yes, we're by the stage. Okay. Diamond bends down, Fran, and he runs a hand from your ear to your chin down your jawline. He says, looks like there's someone in the balcony who'd like to see you. Um, I, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you say? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, I'm Fran. <laughs> he winks at you, and then he goes back to his song. 
Um, and I whisper, Miss of the Deer Clan, if you're nasty. <laughs> I will be haunted by that forever. I will wish every day for the rest of my life that I could erase this moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my God. Um, and then I, I turn around and I look up at the balcony. Do I see him? You see him and you see Laika heading up the stairs toward him. I, similarly to Laika, have been floating on a cloud of beautiful feelings until this moment, and a sharp, cold jolt of terror shoots through my entire body, (laughs) and I grab onto Corbin with a death grip, and I just swing him around with strength that comes from some arcane force, and I point his eyes towards the balcony, point his whole head towards the balcony. (laughs) You touch his eyes and you move them physically. I would if I could. I know. Uh, (laughs) Corbin, unlike Fran or Laika, has absolutely no reaction (laughs) because the second that he sees Dashing Dawson, he turns every feeling in his body completely off (laughs) because he doesn't want to just, he doesn't want to. Um, Okay, and we go up the stairs running to kill Dawson. (laughs) (laughs) When you get to the top balcony, you see the demigod of merchants. He is sitting there on a throne made of gold upholstered in bright red velvet. Uh, His donkey is up there too. (laughs) She she has a trough full of uh, fresh oats. He stands up as you uh, come up to the third balcony. He says, welcome, hail, Welcome to my party. I'm so glad you could make it. I didn't know you were in the city until Diamond told me. Um, Fran is fighting tears at this point. <laughs> um, and she says, What? Your party? Why are you here? How do you know Diamond? <laughs> Who is he to you? Uh, Dawson sits back down. He he collapses back into his chair with this this grace and nonchalance that would put just the most fanciful courtier to shame. He is so in his element right now. He says, well, of course it's my party. You see, I haven't been able to enter the city for, how long has it been? Oh, since that island fell from the sky, you know the one. I haven't been able to enter any cities, really, because all of the gods are tightening control over their territories. So... I needed a champion, and oh, there he is. And he looks down at the stage with a fond smile. <laughs> Look at him. He's perfect. Yeah, he is perfect. God damn it. <laughs> what is the nature of your relationship with him? Well, he's my champion. I've blessed him with my, my godly powers, and I grant him some magic, and he puts on a show, and everyone donates to me and to my temple. He goes forth and represents me in the mortal world. That's Wait. sick. You're a pervert. <laughs> I have been called worse. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, by us. <laughs> Laika is going to place the goddess gently down on a, you know, plush. Is there like a seat yeah, nearby? Yeah, tons of sofas and things nearby, yeah. All right, a very beautiful plush sofa. And then she's going to turn to Dawson and say, I'm guessing you're here for a reason. What do you want from us? Me? I don't want anything from you, except I only have one champion. And while he is 
beautiful and perfect, and I love him very dearly. <laughs> He's not really enough, you know, to really get to all of the cities throughout the world. And I see that you you three are travelers, and you're on some sort of adventure, some sort of quest, if I understand right. Yes, yes, you are. Now, <laughs> I'm just saying that should you ever have need of certain wares that you can't get at other vendors, that you should uh, make a donation to my temple, and I will be able to appear in the city as I am now. And he poses, like, with his back to this party and uh, makes a grand sweeping gesture to it. Uh, Laika holds up her uh, red certificate that she got in our bonus episode, if you haven't listened to it, which is a free item from Dawson. And she says, is this redeemable now? It sure is. Unfortunately, because I'm just getting set up here, I don't have too much in my inventory, but I have some very powerful and rare items, which I wouldn't normally part with for less than 2,000 silvers each. Maybe more, but with those coupons, I think they'll be perfect for you. And he makes a flourishing gesture with one hand, and three items appear in front of each of you. For you, uh, Miss Genasi, I have something that was made by one of your people, and it is a perfectly clear shard of ice. I'm just going to describe to you what this is because yeah. you're, you're getting it. This perfectly clear shard of ice is a one-time use item that can only be consumed by a water genasi. Uh, it will transform your skin into jagged ice armor for one hour. You will have plus 10 to damage on water and ice-based spells and plus two to armor for the duration. Whoa. That's dope. That's Holy dope shit. Hell. I don't call you Mr. Halfling and I grab up the shard really fast <laughs> <laughs> and stare at it. <laughs> and for you, Crowboy... Uh, in front of you appears a small piece of stained glass depicting a blackbird with some cool shades. Uh, and it seems like it would fit perfectly into a boob window. When fitted into your boob window, <laughs> this piece of glass will completely negate the damage for a single turn, uh, at which point it will shatter. Holy shit. It's a stained glass boob window. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And for you... Our fearless protector. And like a, in front of you, two daggers appear. Uh, they are both made of wood and carved with ancient runes. On a successful hit, a tree will grow in the spot where the dagger embeds itself. They are each consumed on use. Hmm. That's insane. You could fucking turn somebody into a tree. I can turn someone into a tree? A tree will grow around them should you stab them with this That's dagger. That's fucking wild. Yes! That That's is some so insane cool. shit! What the hell, Kat? Throw it at him. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we all hand over our coupons. Yeah. Oh, actually, you don't hand them over. As soon as you pull them out, they disappear in a puff of red smoke. All right. Um, like a point. Well, showy. <laughs> like a points to the goddess and says, what about for our friend? She doesn't have a coupon. That's she a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to ask, though, do you know what's wrong with her oh he gets off of his throne and he goes over to her and he bends down and he uh, he opens up one of her eyes and looks at it closes it then he he flicks her face a little bit hey easy <laughs> <laughs> like i ran her immediately like taking a step forward <laughs> yeah oh, it just looks like she's tired 
Yeah, he gets back up. She'll be fine in a little while. That's a shitty answer. Okay. (laughs) Well, okay. Gods. And he, as he says that, he makes a large hand motion up above his head. Gods are all powerful. But, you know, the rest of us, we have a limit. And when we push ourselves past that limit, we need to take a nap. It's fine. And this is the kind of nap that you would take. Well, no, because I'm not stupid enough to push myself that far. But if you were very cool and smart like our friend, this could happen to you. It's a demigod thing. Well, yes, yes. Mm. Is there anything that can be done to help wake her up or? Oh, I don't know. Pray for her, I suppose. Okay. Is that genuine? Well, she's a god. What else do you think we live off of? Farts. Beef jerky. <laughs> I have two other questions for you, if you Fine. have time. I have time, but I'm growing bored. I turn back to the show and I say, that makes one of us. <laughs> so I'm going to ask, were you there during the battle at the Temple of Eol? Oh, for a moment, but as soon as I saw things turning south, I tailed it out of there. You were on the mountain. Well... I was in the mountain. You saw me. I was there. I peddled my wares for a few days, and then I left. Oh. So it wasn't him, then. Yeah, failing confirmed. So. Like, semi-confirmed. Every god has a thing that they're the god of. Do you have any idea what Mary is the god of? No. I. Now, I will preface this by saying I am a god of merchants, god of trade, god of dance and theater, god of... Musicians, minstrels, patron of the arts, and of swindlers. So, this is not my area of expertise, what you are asking me. But, if I were to look at her and guess and use my godly senses, I would say she's... Mm. Well, she's somewhere between... Hmm... You know, it's very hard to say, which is very interesting. You know, I've never really encountered this. It doesn't seem like she has one. What does that mean? I don't know. She's just like a cool human god. (laughs) Well, I'll say this. We are bound by our names, and our names are what give us power. So a god without a name, I don't know, would be unbound, would lose their power. I couldn't say. Is there anyone else we could talk to who would know more about this? Could you talk to someone? Do you have any advice for her? Why would I have any advice? Because you're a god. You're old. You're old. I'm not that old. You're old as shit. How old do you think I am? Like 3,000. 30. (laughs) He looks very offended. (laughs) So while actually, Laika and Fran, while you guys are talking... Just finishing up your conversation with uh, Dawson. Corbin, I sort of assume that because you haven't really participated in this conversation, are you like standing with them? I'm with them. I'm just like kind of on the sidelines, I guess. Okay, perfect. Will you please make a perception roll? Well, that's a critical fail. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, please make a deck save with disadvantage. Dope. That's a natural 20. (laughs) Too bad. Two extremes here. Yikes. <laughs> Seven. No, that will not do it. You feel a knife plunge into your back and you take. Oh! And Dawson didn't notice this? 
dick. He let it happen. You know it. Yeah, you know he, he didn't did. Give one it's revenge for you shit. calling him dipshit. <laughs> fucking ass. <laughs> ass with an ass. It's <laughs> really good. Six stabbing damage and two poison damage. Oh, cool. And behind Corbin, there is a young half-elf woman with pale pink hair dressed in black leather armor. You recognize her as the woman who swept Zayroth away on the docks. Dawson sees her once she has made her attack. He says, Torvis, fiery balls, how did you get up here? <laughs> oh, what a visual. <laughs> She pulls back her dagger to stab you again, Corbin. But before she does, there is a familiar voice, which seems to be coming from the earring in her left ear. Uh, Mila? Nice. Uh, Mithava? <laughs> so, uh, I guess they already broke into the compound and freed all the prisoners. So, maybe don't assassinate him. <laughs> also, they're on their way, so get out of there! Milava. She stomps her foot and shrieks and says, You three are ruining everything! Just then, there is a loud crash from the direction of the front door, and two dozen fighters dressed in gray come pouring into the room. There's a dissonant chord, and the illusion of the ballroom falls away suddenly, revealing the dingy warehouse that you are actually in, which reeks of rotting fish. The golden cafe tables have all turned into wooden crates, although the tip jars all still remain. All of the partygoers' finery falls away, revealing a crowd of mixed patronage, people in rags and in silks who were moments ago dancing side by side, are now screaming and running. The grey-garbed figures rush the stage, and Diamond, who still looks amazing, he was apparently not illusioned, he barely pauses before he turns and hightails it off the stage, running back behind a black, dingy curtain. About half the fighters run after Diamond, while the rest begin grabbing people and putting chains on their wrists. A small, pale woman with blonde hair enters last, trailed by the brawny Goliath that you fought only a few hours ago. He's bandaged up now and sticks close to the woman. Get the champion! The rest of these heathens are secondary. We've had enough losses tonight. Dawson sighs. Well, I suppose it's time to go, he says. And he snaps his fingers. And all of you are teleported out of the party, appearing with Dawson at your inn. He brushes himself off and then grins at you. Well, now I've done you a favor, so how about I dub you my new champions? What happened to your old champion? Oh, I don't know. We'll find out, I suppose. But how does it sound? You suck! <laughs> Corbin um, groans and collapses because he has been stabbed. <laughs> Laika's going to go to him and uh, do lay on hands. Thanks. Yeah. What kind of god are you? <laughs> you can't even fight off like some random gray cloaked idiots? I didn't want to. Now, can you give me an answer, yes or no? Will you be my new champions? You let all those people get captured. What are you going to do about that? You suck. How can you just sit idly by while other people are going to suffer? Especially that guy who pledged his life to you. You'll be fine, probably. I'll check in on him in a bit once this all dies down. I don't want those gray people to grab me. I'm not a god. I can't get out of that. Can I make a stealth roll to pants Dawson? <laughs> sure. Well, I greatly failed again. 
were stabbed. That makes sense. Um, yeah. You grab Dawson's <laughs> pants and he just like looks at you and goes, now, now, no need to be so forward, young man. <laughs> I, I go. I pull Corbin away and I say, why don't you just teleport in and get Diamond and leave? I don't know where he is. He ran off. He ran out of my line of sight and that was his mistake. What does being your champion entail? You know, that sort of thing. You just saw it. Get people to donate me and worship me and let me appear in the city. What I just saw was some dude get captured by a bunch of crazy people. While you did nothing. Yeah. He shrugs. All right, then. Farewell. And he snaps and disappears. (sighs) Good riddance. We better go check on those prisoners. Well, I think we should go to the guard barracks and send them where we just came from. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Is Felina here? Do we hear any horrible noises? Uh, There's no (laughs) horrible noises. You do hear laughter. Aww. That's the best. They already did it. Uh, you, if they're you, having a great time. If you glance in through the window, you see that uh, they're just sitting at the bar having drinks, talking and laughing. Oh, We're going to go in and crash that party. Mm-hmm. Love is real. <laughs> All right. So uh, Laika uh, picks up the goddess and they... <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm so. glad you're remembering each time to be like, all right, gotta pick her up. Yeah, yeah. It is good, but it's very It's really funny. Um, So Laika picks up the goddess and goes into the inn and uh, sees these two young puppy loves. Sorry to interrupt. We have a bit of a problem. Oh, uh, Felina gets up from her stool. She says, I'm sorry, I... Uh, Baron said that you were going to a party, and I thought you probably didn't need me. What happened? There was a gang there, just like we said, Felina. (laughs) (laughs) It was the Grey Manacle, and they started arresting people, and we have to do something about it. And also, we have to go get the Estrins and make sure that they're safe. The, wait, what did you call them? Estrins. Right. The Estrins are safe. They're at the guards' barracks. Um, we're setting them up in, in temporary living quarters. I mean, no one's getting in there. Uh, wait, where was this gang? What? Yeah, we described her where it was, and we tell her what we know so far about the Grey Manacle, too. She nods. I'll I'll go relay this to Captain Sabiha. We... Oh, gods, this is bad. Okay. Uh, Baron, thank you for the drinks. Um, I'll see you later. And he gives her a little wave and says, all right, have fun saving the city. What do they look like? Please just quickly describe where they, like, what are they wearing? They just are flirting. (laughs) What's the vibe? What's the vibe? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, Corbin goes up to Barron and he, like, leans one elbow on the counter and he says, so, did you get down on the clown? (laughs) (laughs) It's man-to-man talk. Um, Like, it comes on the other side and she's like... Also, what does that mean? (laughs) Fran comes um, between them and is like, you don't have to explain what it means because I'm assuming you don't know. And (laughs) we are just wondering, how did how did that go? Like, you guys having a good time? Like, (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we were were having a good time. She said that you guys were trying to make her go somewhere. And I told her that it was probably the party you guys were making me go to. Um. And then we decided that a party didn't really sound like, you know, either of our scenes. So we just had a couple of drinks and 
Yeah, she's nice. So. Yeah, you guys are nerds. So you did get down on the clown then. You guys are two nerds. That's not what it means, Corbin. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> Corbin, someday maybe we'll know. Or maybe we never will. God. Baron, we're proud of you. <laughs> uh, does your friend need some help? She doesn't look so good. She's just tired. <laughs> well, your rooms are ready. I, I made sure that you had fresh sheets and everything. Should we... Should we get her in there? Should she lie down? Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so you guys, are you guys going to rest for the night then? The Estrins are taken care of. The guards are on the case of the gray manacle. All right, that's fine. Okay. So you all rest for the night. Same sleeping arrangement as before. Corbin yeah. and the goddess in one room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd all sleep in the same room. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just... Ask Baron if we can drag two of the mattresses into the other room. He's, he's okay with that. Yeah, um, okay. I'm also going to have uh, Jinji and Zerun come up so they can actually stand guard so we can all get like an uninterrupted rest too. Sure. Okay. Yep. They they sit and lay guarding the door. Baron is very uncomfortable with the wolves, by the way. Well, he, he is not sure how to deal with these things. He doesn't have to deal yeah. with them. And if he tries... He's That's dead. his mistake. <laughs> All right. So in the night, Corbin, you have a dream. You see a monster with the form of a wolf, but it's not a wolf. The face is wrong, and there's a jagged crown of bone on its head, and it has this fur, but it doesn't look like fur. The points are too sharp. The edges are too jagged. And you see this monster advancing on Mary. And Mary is laying on the ground. The ground and everything is just completely white here. But you see Mary laying on the ground as this monster advances on her. And then the monster is knocked away by a huge golden hand. And you look up to see an enormous man made of solid gold. Only where his eyes and where his mouth and where his heart should be. There are just black, bottomless pits. And he slams the beast out of the way, and it gets back up to its feet and lunges at him, but misses. And the man reaches down towards Mary to grab her, to wrap his enormous hand, which is molten hot, around her unconscious form. And you have an action. You are free. You can suddenly move. And here's how this is going to work. In the dream space, you will roll a d20, add your wisdom to it, and you will tell me what you want to do, and depending on how you roll, I will tell you how much like what you do is to what you want to do. So, uh, and I can do anything. Yeah. Okay. Is it on her already, or is it just reaching towards her? It's reaching toward her. And you said, like, super hot and stuff? Yes. I want to, okay, so I want to become very giant, so I want to become a, a silver man. All right, roll. <laughs> okay, and I, and I want to smack him away. Yes, okay. Yeah. 11. 11? Okay. So, Corbin, you turn into a bolt of pure silver. You have no shape. And you go to knock away this golden hand, but you don't have a form? So instead of knocking it away, you just glom onto it and encase the hand in freezing silver. 
the golden man rears back and screams in agony as steam rises from the cracks of your silver form. Uh, you look downward and see Mary open her eyes and you wake up. Freak out. Is Mary awake? I look at Mary. Uh, she is not awake, but when you when you feel her and feel her pulse, she's actually a bit warmer. Fuck yeah. I say, fuck you, golden man. <laughs> and then I go back to sleep. <laughs> this is normal for me. <laughs> Welcome, talls and smalls, to Midroll Information Jamboree. It's time to get crazy. <laughs> it's not. It's time to thank iTunes reviewers. <laughs> so let's mosey on over to iTunes, where Hester56, Lithquill, and not Hannah F. Mm, okay. Are holding it down. Thank you all so much. You have impacted our lives positively in a tangible and wonderful way. Thanks. And let's also thank our beautiful new and returning patrons, for each of whom I would kill or be killed. Andrew, Dan, Jay, Patrick, Jack, Christine, Twinkletoes, Fuleo, James, a, a different second James, Echo, Waffles, Brendan, and Deep. Thank you guys so, so, so much. Your support blows us away every single day. I'm not kidding. I it's it's really cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um I also want to send anybody who hasn't heard about this on over to the Dames and Dragons Discord. If you follow us on social media, you may have seen that for like months and months we've been occasionally making cryptic remarks regarding someday making a Discord, but guess what? We never did. Uh, so you can thank our wonderful listener, Dax, for taking up the mantle of responsibility and creating what others could not. Uh, it's a fun bunch so far, and we and Rudy Basso occasionally pop in and say hi. Uh, so we're really excited about everybody being able to get to know each other. Uh, you can find the Discord invite link around on our social media. Uh, so check that out and have fun. And now for a word from Half Spellbook, we'll travel. Party 13. Let's suit up for adventure. They're the only ones that can save the world. Uh, what? A fantasy world of magic, monsters, and heroes. Yeah, uh, hello? Where is that voice coming from? Heroes like Andar Patron, the star of our story. Yeah, that's me, but what are you talking about? Oh, uh, sorry. We're in a promo for your podcast. Did nobody tell you? What? Your podcast. Have Spellbook Will Travel? Have Spellbook? It's a scripted fantasy comedy audio drama based on the creator's experiences playing tabletop games. To be honest, that sounds pretty boring. Well, it's hilarious and heartwarming and great. Super great. Whatever you say, buddy. Have Spellbook will travel on the Don't Split the Podcast Network. Start the adventure at havespellbook.com or wherever podcasts are available for free. I also want to talk to y'all today about our sponsor... 
<laughs> the Midgard World Book and Heroes Handbook from Kowald Press. If you've ever wished you could change it up and play D&D in a magical world based in Central European myth and folklore, you're in luck, because Kowald Press's Midgard setting is out there doing it. The Midgard World Book gives GMs all the system-neutral lore and 5e-specific information that they need to run the Midgard setting in both D&D and other fantasy RPGs. The Hero's Handbook, on the other hand, is that same entry point, but for players. It contains new races, class options, divine domains, backgrounds, and nearly 300 new spells. You can start your adventures in Midgard by ordering the Midgard World Book and Hero's Handbook at cobaltpress.com. And finally, a message to Chantel. Run free, wild pony. The code word is, you bet, Jurassica. Now, Chantel, get on out of here, you crazy kid. You guys awake up the next morning to the sound of bugles coming from the city walls. Uh, what, what is that? They're little chips that you put on your fingertips and eat them. Uh, uh, <laughs> she set that up. She did. She set it up. I bet she has that in her nails. I don't actually. <laughs> I, She's got it right there. Make the bugle joke here. <laughs> Gavin I will has post- a list of puns she's going to make throughout the show. <laughs> I, that sounds like a very me thing to do, but it is surprisingly false. Uh, what do you guys want to do? You hear uh, bugling trumpets from the walls. Um, I roll over and look at Mary. Is she also waking up? No, Mary has not woken up. I think Lego would just take a pillow and put it over her ears and keep sleeping. Fran is going to crawl out of bed and without getting upright, she's going to go check on Mary. (laughs) Mary is, she's much warmer than she was last night. Last night when you guys went to bed, she was icy cold and her skin has now warmed up. She seems less like a corpse now. Corbin crawls out from underneath the bed and says... What's that noise? None of us know what the noise is, Corbin. <laughs> Turn it down. What's that noise? Shut it off. <laughs> Corbin hits the floor blindly. Like he can find the noise there. Somehow. Like a, it starts doing the same thing. <laughs> Fran gets up and goes out the door. <laughs> Corbin grabs for Fran's ankles as she walks past. Fran escapes. <laughs> Wait, roll a dex check. Yeah, you better roll that you check. You better roll a dex check. I'm rolling. Try to get me. Um, I got a really good... Really high number. What did you get? If you compare it to six and seven, it's higher than those. It was an eight. I got 12. <laughs> I grab Fran's ankle from underneath the bed. Horror movie style. I'm going to roll a deck check to grab Corbin from under the bed. 15. Well, I got 11. Well done. So we have a chain of grabs. I'm going to shake him loose and leave. <laughs> I got a natural one. <laughs> like a... Like is going to let go of Corbin and just walk past you guys since Fran critically <laughs> failed. Great! <laughs> what do I see? 
I mean, you just walked out into a hallway. You see a hallway. Is you should go ask Baron. Like, I was going to do, you fucking <laughs> assholes. Is is there anybody in the hallway? No, you guys are like the only people staying at the same. Oh, Baron's not doing well. All right, I go find Baron. Uh, Baron's up at the counter. Oh, hey, morning. Uh, got some grits here. We've got cheese and uh, I have some fresh vegetables for him. No, stop. What is that horrible, <laughs> horrible noise? What have you done? Oh, that <laughs> the king's coming in. There's a big procession. You can see it up from on top of the walls. Here? I Yes, he's coming here. He's the king of this city. Laika looks at her pajamas because she thinks he means he's coming into the inn and she runs back <laughs> and she like pushes past Fran and Corbin and she's like, the king is coming. We have to put on our fanciest clothes. Ouch. <laughs> Stepped on me, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I died on purpose. Ouch. I step on you again. Ouch, Laika. <laughs> it hurts. Get dressed. Oh. So... I am going to assume the king is not coming to here. <laughs> Good call. I'm going to go sit by Mary and say, why don't you guys go see the king's procession? I got some stuff to do. What kind of stuff? Like, re- regular stuff. Like, <laughs> What are you going to do, friend? I pull out Kai's journal and I say, go away. <laughs> uh, Laika immediately leaves the room because she does not want to die. Corbin silently puts on his fancy clothes and gives Fran the eyeballs. Yeah, Fran waits for you to put on your fancy clothes, but like doesn't move at all. It's just like staring at you. Corbin maintains complete eye contact the entire time. Good. At one point, he is naked. Yeah, we're staring right at each other. All right, well, okay. Good. Then he leaves. I'm glad we did that. And he's still looking at you. Great. I'm still okay. watching until he's out of my eye shot. <laughs> yeah, so is Corbin. All right. So is Fran. I okay. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this so much. Okay. Well, let's let's stay with Fran first. Okay. Well, I am going to first pray to Mary, I guess. And I'm not really 100% sure how to do that, <laughs> considering that the the kinds of prayers that we did wouldn't necessarily be the right ones. Yeah, because you were always praying just to the goddess. Right. Which, assumedly, directed it toward Kai. Yeah. Um, because that was the name she took. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, you could roll a religion check. Sure. See if you can put together a, uh, a ritual. That is uh, 14. Okay, you're not 100% sure what to do, um, but you're able to devise something that feels, it feels right. It feels right. It involves, um, you know, saying her name and you kind of are able to transpose the prayers to the goddess and just insert Mary's name into them. Mm-hmm. And uh, she shifts a little bit in her sleep. Hmm. Which um, I-, I will say that is an improvement because she was dead still before. Sure. I like poke at her. <laughs> Mary. Mary, I healed you. Well, well, where do you poke her? That's a in, weird question. In the head. In the head? <laughs> her face twitches. You know where you poke her? Okie dokie. Well, I think then I'm going to read Kai's journal. Can I just open it and shape the water away and look at the pages like I did before? Yeah. Yep. You 
when you open it, you do not have the same spooky vision this time. Great. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Um, so this is a town with a library, so I get advantage on this roll, yes. correct? Ooh, <laughs> I rolled the same thing twice. Um, and I got 15. So you are able to pry the next page open in the journal. And you read these words. I won't sacrifice another's child to keep myself on this plane. But when I consider that I am my own daughter, it does cause pause. I can hear the child's voice in my head sometimes, but it becomes more quiet every day. It will fade, I hope. I wake in the night and I hear her wailing and I weep. I ache for the child that I'll never know. I stole her body from her before she could grow into the woman she should have been. Perhaps I am as much a monster as the rest of them. But if that is what I am, then that is what I must be. All of the people here, I can't let them down. They've begun to bear children of their own. Children who will never know what horrors their ancestors endured. I can't ask them to sacrifice one of their own children to me. I won't. I must bear this alone. And when you close the book, you see in front of you a room that is not the inn. It's the goddess's throne room from Estra. The light is strange and watery, and it seems like you're looking at it through a pane of warped glass. And you see a woman sitting on the throne. And you can see by her regalia that this is the goddess. And she's speaking with a man who's kneeling in front of her. And then the vision fades and you are back in the inn. What did the man look like? The man was human. He had dark hair, um, sort of boyish features. He looked probably between 19 and 20. Other than that, he was wearing Estrin clothes. You didn't hear any, you didn't hear his voice and you didn't get a very good look at his face. Okie dokie. Yikes. <laughs> I am very afraid of this journal. I don't <laughs> like this. This is spooky. I don't like this, she says with a huge smile on her face. <laughs> I am afraid. This is how I look when I'm scared. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we are going to switch gears then to Laika and Corbin. So you guys head out of the inn. Um, and you it's pretty easy to figure out what's going on, where everything's going on, because there are crowds everywhere. People are lining the main street that goes through Danmar. It, it seems like everybody in the town is out right now. And they all have uh, little blue flowers that they're holding. And as you guys come out of the inn, uh, Felina comes down the street. She says, oh, Hey, guys! And she waves to you. Come on, I saved you guys a spot up on the wall. Yeah, okay. How, uh, how was last night? Oh, it was, it was fine. I spent most of the night trying to help process all of the, uh, fallen islanders through refugee paperwork. There's a lot of it, but and there's a lot of them, and none of them speak our language, so <laughs> I didn't get a lot of sleep, but... Baron looked, like, so happy this morning. He was like... I'm just in such a great mood, wasn't he, Corbin? Yeah. What he? Let's, what ha- let's go. I told you, I saved you guys a spot, and she uh, <laughs> leads you guys 
away from this situation. Damn it. So Felina leads you guys up to the north wall of the city. And you're able to get a really good look at everything that's going on in the city as you head up this street. You know, you see tons of people, crowds, everybody's in a great mood. There are plenty of food vendors. The uh, the Hungry Boy food stall has moved up onto Main Street. Got that big Hungry Boy sign. So you guys head up to the north wall of the city. And you can see in the distance there are a dozen armed men and women riding in formation around a dark-haired man on a chestnut steed. Even at this distance, you can see the glinting gold of the crown which encircles his head. He waves to the people that line the twisting road leading into the city as they throw the blue flowers over the arms of the city guards which hold them back. The man on the horse, he catches one of these flowers and he tucks it behind his ear. Behind him is a procession of carriages, wagons, bannermen, and musicians, all of whom herald the arrival of the King of Danmar. How hot is that man on the horse? How hot is he? Uh, He's very handsome. (laughs) Okay. What's Corbin's reaction? Uh, Corbin is deathly silent. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like it checks his pulse. Not there. Oh Uh, my god. She she helps hold him up and she's like, I I know, I get it. (laughs) Corbin can't hear you, but in his spirit where he can hear all things and every one of his friend's feelings, he says thank you. That's... Leica still holds him, but she looks disturbed because <laughs> a ghost has touched her. So as you are watching this beautiful festive procession, one of the guards breaks away from the crowd and draws close up to the king. And uh, the king leans down to listen to them speak as this guard walks beside his horse. You watch the two of them as they turn a bend in the road, which takes them behind some trees. You then hear a scream. And the king's horse comes running down the road without its rider. Everybody's in a great mood. There's lots of uh, food benders. Food benders. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Finally! <laughs> My dream! <laughs> the fifth element! <laughs> Zoomami. <Zoom-a-me. laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Oh, my God. Hey you. Yeah, 
you listening to the podcast. I bet you like tabletop role-playing games. That's probably why you're listening to a podcast on the Don't Split the Podcast Network. Well, did you know there's a show on this network called Tabletop Babble, where I, James Intracasso, talk to many industry greats and awesome people who play role-playing games about role-playing games. It is great. It's like any conversation you would have at your local friendly game store. I've talked to people like Mike Merles, one of the lead designers of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, Wolfgang Bauer of Cobalt Press, Ruth Tillman, who's done a lot of awesome game design work with Pelgrane Press, and so many others. You can check it out over at don'tsplitthepodcastnetwork.com. 